Hello and welcome to another episode of the Two Bros Podcast. We are Two Bros. This is the Two Bros Podcast. Welcome, welcome. So this is a continuation of our series of where we try to master solitude. Uh, so far, I've received a lot of good feedback. So I was, I was like, I should, I should continue this because, uh, I mean, again, like I said, even if it helps one person, I think we're we're doing a good thing here. In the last episode, we talked about, uh, we basically identified what happiness is and why we sort of chase happiness just because it's just hardwired uh, in our in our uh, existence. And it's not necessarily been a bad thing. It's just, it's why we've been alive. It's why we've come this far. It's not, it's why we've not uh, perished as a species. Uh, some would argue that uh, not for the betterment of Earth, but we are, it is what it is and we are here. In in today's episode, and I, I thought really hard about this because I wanted a good follow up to last uh, the last episode. In this episode, I want to try to focus on the self, identifying yourself. And I came across this question, and I again I was like browsing through the socials and stuff, and this question came to me like if I asked you to introduce yourself, or let's say if you like even if you explain it to yourself like who am I, if you ask this question. And you can't reply with your name, where you're from and what you do. What, what would you say? Because that's the thing. Like all of these things are sort of made up. Like your name is made up. It's given to you. It doesn't, it could be any sound, any other sound. That's basically what, what speech is. It's what language is. It's sound. So it could be any name, anything. That doesn't define you as a person. Where you're born, you don't really have control over that. That doesn't define you as a person. Um, let's say... For instance, uh, if you're born in a country but you've never lived there, you've uh, you look like you're from that country but you have none of the traits. Does that still define who you are? Your let's say your religion doesn't define you. You're just born in that. Even if you follow again with religion, there's a spectrum like how serious you are with that and how uh, liberal you are with your pursuits and what you pick and choose about it. That doesn't define you. If I just say I'm this. It doesn't define you. Your ethnicity doesn't define you. Your skin color doesn't define you as a person. Um, so, and what you do basically, and that's the worst one. Like if you ask somebody, hey, what's up? And they're like, hey, I'm this. And like, oh, what you do? And that's the first thing people ask you. What you do? Again, trying to like gauge you of what you are capable of or what your, in some cases, let's say what your uh, status in society is, what your income level is, stuff like that. But again, that again is is totally made up, and I touched up on upon this uh, in my in my previous episode, and this hit really hard because it was on when when I was on a ship, I would get a lot of respect from my crew members, um, at least to my face. I don't know what they would say behind my back, but I would get a lot of respect. They would you know talk to me politely, and they would give me that respect. They would listen to me, and it was I felt like I'm in a position of respect where I was getting respect from my crew members. And I was generally nice to them, so they would like they would like hanging out with me. I wasn't like a bad boss unless things like went really, really bad or sideways. But the minute you would get off a ship, and I remember this, I was in, in Malaysia in uh, the immigration uh, center, basically going home from the ship. The security guard on the gate was basically telling us to shut up, be quiet, stand in a line, and he would tell us when we can walk and when we can't walk. And that all went away. And then it just it dawned on me, like, they've given us these titles that, oh, you are this, that gives us a sense of self-importance. But if you remove yourself from that scenario, if you're just another guy, who cares? It, it's 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 totally made up. Imagine if you're like the, even if you're the CEO of your company and 
you go you walk into a i don't know mcdonald's so you walk into you go to a different country let's say that doesn't matter anymore that doesn't define you as a person at all so is that really what defines you as a person things which are just made up to so think about this and i would love to hear your response about this but think ask yourself this question if i don't have to define myself with my name where i'm from and what i do how else do i do it how what what else defines me who am i as a person so sit with that for a bit i think it's a really good question it's uh, something which is worth thinking about um and then let's let's go one level below that forget about what you are and what you do and what you look like forget it what what are you you're you're a human being homo sapien at this point um it's a collection of you're basically flesh and bones at this point so much like any other animal anywhere you're flesh and bones that's that let's go one level deeper what is flesh and bones it's elements it's atoms it's um it's uh, compounds it's uh, a bunch of things coming together to form you and that's that now let's go one level below that where does that come from your cells are constantly uh you know multiplying and old cells are dying and new cells are formed so basically there's literally a new you all the time it's not even the same cells that you have from birth that just like sort of stick around so you're constantly being replaced by new material so even the your components are not fixed as a person you're not you don't have the same components anymore yes they might look the same on on a you know on a larger scale but it's they're different cells they they're, they're not the same that you had when you grew when you were a kid let's say and where does that come from where do the elements come from now these elements if you go beyond earth these are formed in like look at the sun it's primarily hydrogen hydrogen and helium at this point not so much helium but mostly hydrogen let's say and that's the case with all the stars eventually nuclear fusion and uh, gravity and all these things come together they keep making bigger and bigger elements to a point where they can't fuse anymore and then eventually when a star explodes or goes supernova these elements are scattered all over the place so you essentially and really think about this you essentially are just a temporary amalgamation of elements and energy and then after a while that all dissipates it becomes something else and then a different clump of energy forms out of your elements and now you're something else so that's basically it consciousness where does that come from we have no idea still we, we still can't figure out how self replicating molecules became sentient we don't know but that's essentially what you are and then think about how much importance we give ourselves how how we glorify our existence how we um basically i'm not saying there's anything wrong with it but to think that you are something more than what you really are you deserve something more than there's a purpose to your existence and that's just stuff we tell ourselves to make ourselves feel important because we can't sit with the fact that maybe there is no purpose maybe with this this is just an accident maybe is evolution and life and being sentient is just that it's just and one giant accident something happened and now molecules replicate themselves and now here we are and this experiment i think it was carl sagan's book if i remember called cosmos i i'm a bit foggy on which book it was because there's so much stuff that i've read in the last year basically the same experiment was repeated in a lab 
where they had certain molecules, nucleotides, I think, and they gave it some enzymes and they gave it the right conditions, right amount of UV, some amount of CO2, some amount of oxygen, whatever. And they started replicating in, in the lab. And that's life. That's basically it. It's self-replicating molecules. So for you to think that you deserve something better, the universe, uh, why else will I be here? No, that's that's not the right way. Just you really need to simplify your existence because that's that's basically it. The other everything else is stories we tell ourselves. And if you read *Sapiens* by Yuval Noah Harari, and that's another book I recommend, fantastic. It basically blew the lid off on how I used to think about life. And uh, yeah, so that and basically from there we went to. Uh, having behaviors that were good for us we they were uh, that this is another thing like how did self-replicating molecules develop this need to let's say multiply and uh, preserve life for instance you know that's that's such a strong impulse inside you to preserve your life and i experienced this firsthand when i was doing my deep sea diving course I would be underwater. My my brain was calm because I knew I had gone through the training. I had the mouthpiece in my mouth and I had air coming and I was breathing. I wasn't, there was no water going inside my nostrils or my mouth, nothing. It was my body that was panicking. And I couldn't understand what was going on because in my brain, I was calm. It's not like I was panicking. My thoughts were panicked. My body panicked because the impulse to preserve yourself is so strong. Even when you're like, everything is fine. If your body doesn't feel at ease, you're just going to be like, this is weird. So yeah, it took me a while to calm myself down and get accustomed to the new circumstances because your body's like, dude, we can't breathe underwater. We're going to die. We need to fix this like right now. And if you don't, I'm just going to take over. Your nervous system is going to like take over and your flight or flight response kicks in. And that's that. So for us to think that, and again, coming back to my original point, the whole coming together and living in communities and preserving each other. Yes, that's what we used to do. And that's what kept us alive, let's say. Living in, living in a community kept us alive. Living in villages, having other people around us, friends and family around us kept us alive. And there are other things which are sort of ingrained in our DNA. And I read this somewhere, which said, why are we attracted to, let's say, big eyes and small noses? Like, you know, if you see a cat or a kitten or even babies, big eyes and small noses, and you know, like cute little faces, there's a reason for that. like for And this is, again, a speculation. I don't know if it's been proven scientifically because how would you do that? It said we have that so that when an offspring is born, the parents develop an attachment with the offspring and they don't abandon it so that life can thrive and life can continue. At least so the offspring can take care of himself or herself or whatever. So even that is a part of our DNA. That coding is part of our DNA. And living in social structures, do anything you can to survive is a part of our DNA. And that's where living in communities, being around friends, not being isolated. Because in the past, if you're isolated, if you're a social outcast, you would perish straight away. Think about it. And this is also, I, again, I thought about this. And why is like marriage so, you know, Im, Im, you know, it's so important or let's say it used to be important at some point, not anymore. Think about it, like if you're a young man or a young woman and you're not, you have, you've finished your, I don't know, education, you're good, you can now provide for yourself, but none of this is uh, sustaining. None of this is interesting to you. So you start exploring and that's just human nature. You want to explore. You want to go outside and see, okay, what else is out there? 
However, if you burden somebody up with the responsibility of raising a family, that person is pretty much going to be, he's not going to go anywhere. And in, in the past, that would mean that that ensured that he would survive. Otherwise, if you're just a lone traveler on the road, you would just, you would get mugged or robbed or, you know, you would be killed. That's just, just the times we used to live in. You know, people on horseback, swords in hand, bandits, whatever. So that would ensure like if you burden a person with this responsibility, he's going to be, he's going to make more responsible decisions. Although that's not the case anymore. And again, this is my theory. It may not be true. It may not, whatever. That's just how I think. Like that's why there's been a tendency to burden uh, young people with like, so they don't make stupid decisions and get themselves killed and like sort of life continues. But that's that. And this innate need to be around people, to preserve life, to be self-sustaining is also ingrained. And that is what leads to loneliness. And it's only been like the last, what, 30, 40, 50 years where we've started to drift towards hyper-independence. And especially the last 10, 15 years where things have become, things have escalated so much, but the social part of it has not kept up. Now we don't need to talk to anybody. Like I go to, um, you know, shop for groceries, the self-checkout counter there, do everything yourself, scan your barcodes yourself, pay for the thing yourself, carry it to your car yourself. It's there. You don't need to talk to anybody. Or somebody delivers stuff to your, to your house. You don't have to go to the supermarket anymore. You have, get in your car, do what you can and just come back. You don't even have to talk to people. Banking is online. People used to go to banks anyway, you know, and talk to, get stuff done. Nothing. We don't have to do that anymore. Food gets delivered. A taxi driver shows up and after the few uh, social pleasantries, you basically just, uh, yeah, you don't care. And uh, that's that. That's the origin of why we feel the need to be around. And if you're not there, your body says something's up. Uh, I don't feel so good. And that's what the other thing which I read was your body rewards you every time you do something. When, it, uh, when you do something towards survival and procreation. That's just what, how we are built. How, why is that a thing? I don't know. That's why food feels so good. And higher the calories, the better it feels. Because your body's like, oh, you did something of survival. Now I'm going to continue living. So that's good. And then procreation, social bonds, commitment, you know, all of that stuff. That also feels good. Again, procreation. It's, it's about continuing the species, uh, the survival of the species. Why is that ingrained in us? I have no idea. But those are the, those are the reasons why we feel the need to be around people. That's your DNA. That's your coding. It's a computer program that you don't have access to. It's it's a hard it's a hard uh, thing to fight. Like even even after spending, and I'm fighting this thing right right now. Back when I was at sea, I, I had no option to socialize and meet people and whatever. But now that I'm here, if I'm not like meeting people, I, I see people everywhere, and if I'm like why am I not hanging out with people? And that would just like be a bit teensy bit depressing. And like, why am I not, why don't I have plans on Friday night or Saturday night or whatever? And I was like, where did this come from? This thought, I never had this thought before, but that's the thing. Like you're like, if that's available to me, why am I not doing it? Because that's just how it is. That's just how you're tuned to think. You still feel the need to be around other people. And technically, for survival, you you really don't need to be around people anymore. It just doesn't. And guess what? People in general have become terrible to be around. Let's just say that. It's not a pleasant experience anymore. It's very... Uh, culture has gone very individualistic. What can, I, what can you do for me? 
It's not about what can we do for each other anymore. Uh, how can we benefit from this uh, by being together? It's more about how can you treat me better? How can you make my life better? It's not about how can I make uh, decisions for the both of us, which will benefit both of us, at least not like in all cases, but the narrative is changing. So, yeah, people in general have become incredibly selfish. And the rise of social media, Instagram, Snapchat, dating apps has heavily, heavily skewed uh, people's opinions about this. And like the, for the minor, like the tiniest bit of argument or, you know, whatever people are like, you know what, I'll find someone else. I don't have to deal with this. So, yeah, even your bonds, your social bonds are very, very temporary. We are, I think we are fake nice to everybody on the road in classrooms, in the streets, but, um, and once everybody leaves, it's just, it's going to be just that. It's going to be a distant memory of somebody you used to know. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Point being, if you really, really thought about it, it's just basically you, yourself, your body, your thoughts, you yourself are making yourself miserable. Otherwise, everything is fine. You need, you have sustenance. Let's say you have, you have some money, you have, you can buy yourself some food or you can cook or you have a place to live. You have some kind of transportation, even if it's public transportation, it's fine. So technically you will survive. There's nothing wrong with that. But it's this inherent lizard brain training, Neanderthal level training that you still live with that uh, compels you to be with someone around, even if it's just friends, just to be around people and if you're not, your body feels like something's up and it doesn't release those reward hormones that we talked about last time. So that's that. And I think I read somewhere like it takes, what, 20,000 years or 200,000 years, something like that to basically rewire your brain. So while it might be a problem now, maybe in the future it won't be a problem. Maybe we'll learn to, we'll adapt. Maybe we'll just be okay with not needing these things and these things will not be as stimulating anymore and uh, maybe some other things will be stimulating. Maybe personal growth will be stimulating. Maybe um, interstellar travel, if they feel accomplished that, maybe that will be more riveting. Maybe people will have their spirit of adventure back and uh, will not want to like sit in one place and just play safe all the time. Maybe that will be different. Who knows? Who knows where this is going? But basically, this is why you feel what you feel. So I want you to, I wanted you to identify this. The sensation, where does the sensation come from? What is the genesis of this? And I've read a lot of books. I've done a lot of research, listened to a lot of uh, podcasts, seen some interesting YouTube videos. It got me thinking. And this is the best I could come up with. That This is why you feel lonely. And this is what makes sense to me. Again, I'm no expert. Don't quote me on this stuff. But this is just my understanding of the matter. And this, like I said, has helped me deal with stuff like this. And... Uh, if it helps you, great. If it doesn't help you, feel free to ignore it. I do want to hear from you. I do want to hear your feedback about any of this. So what do you think? If you agree or disagree, if you have some points, if you would like to supplement something I said with something else, feel free to reach out. We are at the Two Bros Podcast on Instagram. And uh, feel free to leave a comment, leave a like. And if you're feeling particularly festive, I mean, it is the season to be jolly. Give us a rating. Write us, write us like a line, like a two, three line review. It doesn't take much time. Uh, it'll really help us out and uh, put us on the map. And uh, it'll probably set us apart from some of this mass produced garbage, which has sort of come into the podcast world. Like why, why does every celebrity have a podcast? Like, come on. Anyway, never mind. 
So yeah, I hope this spoke to you. Oh wow, I'm finally wrapping up an episode at 20 minutes. How about that? I had a lot of points which I wanted to talk about and I again I've again digressed. <laughs> I do that a lot. Yeah, once I pick up on a train of thought I just like roll with it. I do have a lot I do have these points written in front of me. Um again, I guess I'll make fodder for episode 4 uh, for part 4 of this. So yeah, stay tuned for that. Anyway, I'll see you on the flippity flop. I don't know when the next episode is. Once I have a good script in my head, once it's like nicely, uh, you know, manufactured because I don't want to do this right. I don't want to just wing it. And uh, so once I have a good script in my head about a good about what how the episode should flow from this topic to that topic, uh, I'll record that episode. In the meantime, thank you so much for sticking around. I do appreciate your feedback. And if you feel like this might help somebody is going through something your friend you might know who is not doing so well maybe share this episode with this person and see if it helps maybe it does maybe it doesn't at least it's worth a shot it's better than i don't know sitting and watching instagram sorry instagram reels or netflix and chill stuff having unhealthy habits i don't know see if it works out anywho i will see you around take care bye bye